comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. We listen to the, the story of Pentecost. And you may find it on your pew Bible on page 119 in the New Testament section. I invite you now to listen to God's word. When the day of Pentecost had come, and they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a a sound like a a rush of violent wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now, There were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And as the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all the parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. To speak a language is to speak a people, Willie Jennings has written. And God speaks people fluently. God's desire some 2,000 years ago on that day of Pentecost and every day since is for God's sons and daughters, for God's church to speak people fluently too. And it teaches how to speak a people. God begins with you and me. God begins with filling us up. And notice in the text. Luke says there's about 120 people gathered in one place together. Perhaps they're just moping around wondering, what do we do next without Jesus? So they begin to pray, asking God to bring them power, power to move forward. As they were wondering about their future, a mighty wind blew through the entire house. A spark spark started um, flying that burst into flames above their heads. Amazing sight. Years ago, when Tom Long was a brand new pastor at a small church, he announced his congregation one Sunday, next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, I'm going to start a pastor's church school class on the basis of Christianity faith. If you're new to faith or if you would like a refresher, come and join us. I invite you all to join me next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Next Sunday at 10 o'clock rolls around. I went to my classroom, Long recalls, expecting to be a great throng in front of me, but I was immediately disappointed. There were only three people in the classroom. All three elementary school children, three little girls waiting for me in the class. I tried to hide my disappointment 
and over the next few weeks uh, to do my best that I could to teach them about the Christian faith. The week before Pentecost came, and I said to them, do you girls know what Pentecost is? They didn't. Pentecost, I said, was, a, was when the church was seated in a circle, and a tongue of fire came down from heaven, landed on their heads, and they spoke the gospel in all the languages of the world. Two of the little girls looked rather calmly as if, well, who cares? One girl turned real quiet, eyes uh, as big as saucers. Then she blurted out, wow, wow, me and my family, we must have missed that Sunday. The question on Pentecost Sunday is not do we believe if Pentecost actually took place in the way Scripture says it does. That's not too hard to believe. What Scriptures is asking us is not, do we dare believe? But what difference does Pentecost mean today? What God was doing on that day of Pentecost was filling them up, taking hold, their tongue, their voice, their mind, their heart, their body. What God was doing was God was joining them to God and joining them with one another. They may have asked what they thought was the Holy Spirit. They may have asked for power to move forward. But what they received instead of this power was an unpredictable unprecedented joining. What they received was grace. An untamed grace from God. The grace is the fuel that moves us forward. We may ask for strength at times. Our desires may be to have power over our lives or power over other people. But God's desire is for you and me to speak a people. And to speak a people begins with grace. I wonder, I wonder where you have witnessed the language of people being spoken. Notice what happens next in the story of Pentecost. When the Spirit was given the two people, given the people, when the Spirit was filling the people in the church up, the church stands up and speaks. The Spirit moves the church from silence to language. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the church spoke, and the whole world heard the good news, not in the language of the church, mind you, 
but in the people's very own language. To speak a people is to speak the language of people. As the prophet Joel said, in latter days, I will pour out my spirit on all of humanity and all your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. Your sons and your daughters will have a word to speak, a word that says life is stronger than death, a word that says hope is deeper than despair, a word that says every tear will be dried, a word that says in the power of Christ's resurrection, death and pain will be no more. On the day of Pentecost, and every day since, God has not given us generic language to speak. Instead, God gives us the language of an intimate space for people inside actually talk to one another. When they went out to the streets, the hearers of the language, they first, they first started hearing this little language and they started thinking about the past, a past that no longer exists. They began to ask the questions, how do they know my language? How do they know my people? When did they gain this knowledge? They were all shouting. But the miracle of the tongues, the miracle of the tongues at Pentecost is not about the past. It's about the future. A future shaped by God's desire. Pentecost gives us a word. A word that is like any other word. A word to speak to the brokenness and the tragedy of this world. A, world of, a word of uni unity. It's a word of grace. A word of love. A word of hope. When Dr. Elizabeth Kobler-Rawls was writing her famous book on death and dying, part of her research involved interviewing dying patients in the hospital, trying to find out how they felt and thought as they faced death. As she went from room to room in the hospital, she began to notice this remarkable pattern. Sometimes she would go into a dying person's room and the person would be calm, at peace, and, and, and tranquil, uh, if you would. She would also begin to notice that um, this was after the patient's room had been cleaned. It was being cleaned by a certain hospital orderly. One day, Dr. Ross happened to run into this orderly in the hospital room corridor. What are you doing? To our patients, Ross said. I'm not doing anything to your patients, the orderly uh, responded defensively. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's a good thing. After you go into their rooms, they seem, they seem to be at peace. Let me ask it again. What are you doing with my patients? I talk to them. You may not know this. I've had two babies of my own die on my very lap. But God never abandoned me. I tell them that they are not alone. I tell them that God is with them. Do not be afraid. God is with you. You ask me, 
what I'm doing to your patients, I give them a word. And there's the gift of Pentecost. It's a gift of language. It's a word of hope spoken to a world and to the people that so desperately need it. I wonder, where have you witnessed the language of being people being spoken? This gesture speaking another language, is born not of the desire of the disciples. The disciples were not asking for this, but this was God's desire, and it signifies all that is essential to learning a language. To learn a language is to fall in love with all of the sounds, to grow in love with the original signifiers, to love the people, the food, the faces, to love the planes, the, the practices, the, the songs, to love the poetry, the happiness, the sadness, and to love the ambiguity and the truth it's to love their land and the landscape and the homes. As we begin to love the sounds of the language, what we do is we begin to hear the language. Notice that the people were not only able to speak their mother tongue, but they heard one another as well. Perhaps more than that, they understood each other. To speak a people is to grow in love with the people. This is the life of Jesus, isn't it? And this is the life that God desires for you and for me. A life where people truly love one another. So God sent Jesus to the earth to show us how to love. And knowing that we cannot do it alone. That we are humanly incapable of loving each other in such a way. God sends the Holy Spirit down. Filling us up with grace. Empowering us to stand. Breaking the silence with a word and providing us the forgiveness to hear. Which means that our job as a church is to go out into the world and follow Jesus Christ filled with the grace of the Holy Spirit and just give it away. We are to call to literally empty ourselves out completely. Do not worry about running out of grace. There's an unlimited supply of grace given out by God. Just follow Jesus Christ. Just follow Jesus Christ and give it away to everyone that you meet, to every place that you go. Give it away. Share the love and the grace of the Holy Spirit. Completely emptying ourselves out to speak of people is to live like Jesus lived and to care about what Jesus cared about. And Jesus completely emptied himself out. Which means what Jesus did, we do. What Jesus said, we say. Jesus fed and loved and cared and preached and healed and served. So, for the, so therefore the church is called to feed and love and care and preach and heal and serve. Jesus welcomed and ate with all kinds of people, bringing all of them together at one table. So guess what? 
to speak of people, that's non-negotiable. We have to do that too. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. How are we going to have that same table with people with different languages? that dress differently and that they eat differently, that have different backgrounds and different likes and different dislikes. People I would not be caught dead sitting next to, much less sharing a meal. In our cancer, I mean, in our cancel culture plagued world, how do we get all of those people around the table? We do it with the grace that God fills us up with. We do it with providing a word. We do it with love and forgiveness. We do it with the help of God. We learn to speak fluently. Pentecost says that we have to learn to speak people fluently because Jesus did. As Jesus spoke of people, we learn, we begin to learn that this is God's desire for us. Not only that, it's our mission. Pentecost confirms it. The mission of the church, to speak a people everywhere we go. I wonder. I wonder where you have seen the language of people being spoken. You may recall, we left that little elementary girl with eyes as big as saucer, stating that she and her family must have missed the Sunday when all that happened. You know, the beautiful thing about that is, not that she misunderstood. The beautiful thing is that she thought it could have happened in her church, in our church. That God's spirit could have come down even to our little town and to our little congregation and give us a word to speak to the world that so desperately needs to hear it. After God filled the room and the people with that Holy Spirit, after they spoke and heard one another, Peter began just to speak. He went into this big sermon. He began to, to preach. And at the end of the close of his sermon, he, Peter was interrupted. He didn't get to finish. People interrupted him. They started shouting, what are we to do? What are we to do? What are we to do now? i tell you what we do. We do the same thing we did on Easter. We do the same thing that we do every single time that God gathers in this place together. After being filled with the, the grace of the Holy Spirit, we get up and we get out of here. 
following Jesus Christ. And while we are running to catch up with Jesus, don't hold that grace in. Don't, if not, don't dare hold that grace in. Not if we believe in the Gospels. We dare not hold it in. No, we empty ourselves out completely. We will come back next week. There's plenty of grace to go around. Empty yourself wherever you go. God has unleashed the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ is still on the loose. Speaking People fluently, calling you and me, calling everyone in this room, calling everyone watching online, our entire church, to speak a people. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.